Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. again things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday uh the very first chocolate factory in the usa was in boston hello and welcome uh, to okay. little marty the <laughs> only podcast that i'm aware of dedicated to covering the works of adam sandler and martin sandler scorsese my name <laughs> is eric halloween and my name is jimmy the butcher Welcome, welcome, one and all. If you if you knew how long Eric spent, how much time he took to come up with that intro, I think you'd I think you'd get an additional laugh off of that as well. I think you would too, because it was such a short amount of time, right? <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. It was so quick, <laughs> so quick, man. You know, we uh, we're doing this podcast about Adam Sandler. Martin Scorsese. We're getting pretty far in here, Jeremy. I think we're getting to the point where uh, we're gonna have a stretch of just Sandlers. Are you? How do you? How are you feeling? Mm, not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I think. Mm, yeah, I think that. I don't know if that's true. I. I. I do. Is there? Do the Sandlers really outnumber the, uh, the Scorsese's by that many? I think so. I hmm. think that we might have, well, not by that many, but maybe by like four or something. Okay. Well, yeah. that's not that bad. That's not yeah. That's not like when we had to do all those Paul W.S. Anderson movies because he had done so many more than the other Andersons, and we were like doubling up on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is great, times. though. We're, we, we've hit the odds with both of our friends to, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're to the point where I'm like remembering these movies coming out, you know? Yeah, I remember stuff. Um, going to see this film in the theater. This is my very first Scorsese in theaters movie. What year is this? 2006. 2006. Yeah, two, uh, 2006. 20,006. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, uh, I did not see this movie in theater, but Jeremy, we're... Uh, you know, we're not we're not even talking about the Departed film yet. We're talking about um the podcast and what it is. And if you're new to this podcast, go back in the archives, my friend. We've got uh, loads of uh, we've covered David Lynch, we've covered Paul Thomas Anderson, Wes mm. Anderson, mm. another Anderson whose name will not be repeated again. No. It sounds like it sounds like another Anderson on the list, but oh yeah. Uh, what did we do? We did the Chucky movies. We mm. did the um, Final Destinations. Yeah, it's getting to the point where I'm like forgetting. Oh, Stanley Kubrick. We did all the Stanley Kubrick movies. You can go back and listen yeah. to all that stuff. Um, we did you know, all, Jeremy. We did all the Ari Aster movies. All two of them. We did. We did. Yeah, that was weird. We rebranded <laughs> as an Ari Aster podcast for like three. For hours. <laughs> yeah, for three episodes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, 
We are uh, we're working our way through the Scorsese and Sandler movies, uh, back and forth, chronological. Uh, we are getting to we're in the Leo, yeah. uh, Scorsese, uh, uh, partnership. Yeah, of yes. films. We're in Leo number three. Leo number three. Uh, but before we you know dive into this movie, you're not going to believe this, but we actually have a separate podcast mm-hmm. where we cover the films of other people and supplemental material uh, for this podcast. Jeremy, what am I talking about? Well, you are talking about the website on the internet, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. That is where you can find all of our bonus materials, what I like to call our supplemental materials for all you criterion heads out there. That's right. We've covered many, many, uh, um, a many a Muppet content on the Patreon. We've covered sure episodes of Tales uh, from the Crypt. Um, we've covered, uh, and currently right now, we're going through all of the films of the Coen brothers. It is a damn good time over there, Eric. Like a damn oh, good yeah. time. You know, I will say um, we just talked, I think we probably just talked about our both of our least favorite Coen Brothers movies so far. Mm-hmm. And I think I still gave it like a three out of four or something. We, it's, uh, uh, those movies are great. Yeah, they bat a high average there on the Coen. I would argue that that podcast is better than this one. At this point, <laughs> not going to lie, you're probably right. <laughs> no, we kid. It is, just, it is just the show, again, us doing different stuff, but, you know, it depends. If you like us, you know, give it a shot. You pay a little yeah. bit of money and, and you get twice as much content per week by us. Yes. And and the fun thing with the with the Patreon show is we pretty much let you decide what we cover. I mean, I guess I did sort of You know what? I gave the I gave the listeners an option. I think it was between the Fairley brothers, the Wachowskis, and the Coens. And the Coens won, so that's who we're covering. We'll get to that. We'll get to the others at some point. But uh, yeah, we also have a tier over there where you can uh, shell out a little bit of cash and make us do an episode on anything. And those turn out to be some of my faves. Yeah, those are some good episodes. You can also give us a lot of cash and we can cover the film Mordecai again. I Do I still have that up there? I don't know. If you don't, it needs to go back. <laughs> yeah, I should check. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, for, for a few hundred dollars, you can get us to do another episode on Mordecai. Yeah. Mordecai month. Um, Man, that would... We're getting into like the five digits if you want us to do a whole month of Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm talking at least 20 grand each. Did you um watch any of that Johnny Depp Amber Heard scandal? <laughs> trial whatever you know i have paid so little attention to it um here okay here's have you paid any attention to it well like, do you know about it i wouldn't say i paid attention to it what i would say is it, i was assaulted by the information <laughs> that i did not yeah. want to have <laughs> i uh yeah i my my entire understanding of the trial is from just like things that i scroll past very quickly on twitter um so right. i have no idea uh, anything about it but uh 
I don't know. I don't even know. I'm like afraid to even say anything about it because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know like what the. No, give know. it a shot. Just take a know? stab in the dark. <laughs> it seems like people are on Johnny Depp's side. Mm. Also, I don't even know what it's about. By the way, yeah. it, is it like domestic violence thing? Uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, well, from my understanding, it's actually like a libel case, like a slander and libel case. Oh, all right. And but it but it's it it is because of claims of uh, abuse. So there was yeah. a clip that I saw where it seemed like Amber Heard was uh, snorting drugs on the stand. <laughs> yeah. Which I think I'm just saying it looked like that, and everyone was saying it looked like that. I'm not yeah. saying she did that. It did. It looked like she was wiping her nose, but it got like for too long. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's insane that there are two extremely wealthy people arguing in court <laughs> over <laughs> and, and like airing their business out for the whole world to see i just think it's it's like lowest common denominator type stuff out there like why do we need to watch this why do we care why do we that's their business let them settle it in court i you know what i mean like regardless of what is happening it just feels like you know this trial is none of my business but everyone's yeah, got an I, opinion, I agree you know? You. <laughs> I was, one thing that I saw was uh, there was a video of, like, tons of crazy, like, fans chasing after a limo that Johnny Depp was in, mm-hmm. like, coming out of the courthouse or something, and someone tweeted it out and was like, can we stop treating this court case like it's a Beatles concert? <laughs> and, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I agree. Let's, uh, I don't need to know about this nonsense. Well, we're going to cover wanna, the whole Jer- thing on the Patreon later. So, in case you yeah. want to hear our actual takes, me and Eric will watch all 48 hours of the trial. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what if we live stream? Jeremy, it? we are uh, talking about a movie called The Departed. So, you saw this one in the theater. Mm-hmm. Is, is that correct? So, uh, what was your first impression? Oh, I mean, this was a this is a great movie. This is a this is a great I would call this a great popcorn flick. Like being in the theaters, you know, surrounded by your friends, you got your little sodi, little candy, mm. little poppy, popcorn. And lights go down, the departed comes up, you get that great uh uh Irish Punk song, yeah, by Dropkick Murphys comes in, comes screaming in, and then yeah, the movie is uh, it's just a real kick-ass, banging good time, you know. Um, not much to say other than that. Like it, it, it felt like the same kind of vibe, leaving like a Tarantino movie or something. Like you're just sort of, oh, yeah. you're kind of jacked up. You know, you've had way too much soda and candy and popcorn at that point. You're oh yeah, probably in danger of hurting yourself or someone else. You know, you're kind of right. just jacked. You've had seventeen boxes of raisinets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your stomach is 
just <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I saw, I didn't see it in the theater. I remember renting it. Um, what? Do you remember what time of year this came out? I, for some reason, I remember watching this in the summer. Mm. But it looks like it came out on October, September, 06. Um, yeah, this was one of my classic, like, Eric can drive to the can drive to Blockbuster and rent movies mm. phase mm-hmm. of movies. It's sort of been like the summer right after my senior year of high school, I think, when I saw it. And uh, yeah, I had a friend that was like, man, you got to see The Departed. He kept like asking me over and over like, dude, did you see it yet? And uh, I wanted to see it. I just didn't get around to it. And when I did, I thought it was really good. And... It's one of those movies where I was like, all right, well, that was really good. And then I kept hearing about how The Departed is really good. Um, and for some reason, I never like thought to revisit it. So I'd only seen it that one time. Hmm. And during this viewing, I was like, man, I can't believe I don't watch this movie like once a year. Mm-hmm. This is such a good movie. Uh, it's so, it's like one of the most watchable things I've ever seen. Like Mm -hmm. truly it's like the, the cast is insane. The performances are nuts. The suspense is crazy. Like the moment, like everything that builds up to that moment where Leo and Damon are like silently on the phone with one another. Yeah. It's like the craziest, it's like one of the most suspenseful (laughs) moments in a movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And also, I think the ending rocks. I'd love to talk about the ending when we get to it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this movie rules, man. I'm really, and it got me very excited to uh, to watch The Wolf of Wall Street and uh, The Irishman, which I have not seen yet. So uh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I I, I think that um, yeah, this is it's you know this movie won Best Picture when it came out. Um, it was uh. Scorsese's sort of like, or at least what people were kind of saying at the time was this is like the the Academy's make good on uh, Scorsese. Not ever winning an Oscar before this, you know? He didn't win for Goodfellas. He didn't win for uh, Taxi Driver. He didn't win for Raging Bull. So they gave it to him for this. This one, Best Picture. A lot of people were like, you know, this isn't Scorsese's best movie, but, you know, it's it's sort of they're they're making up for... Uh, not giving it to him uh, in previous years. I kind of disagree. I mean, I don't think it's his best movie, but it's definitely the best movie that came out that year. <laughs> like, I don't care. Uh, you know. If someone told me that they thought that this is his best movie, I wouldn't necessarily argue with them. No. I wouldn't agree with it, but I would be like, well, I guess I could see that, why you would say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I don't, you know, if you if that if if you think that that's great, I mean, I I think this movie rocks. I I just I th- also think though that it was well deserving of Best Picture that year. Like there wasn't like better move. I mean, this movie looks great, it feels great, it moves at a great pace. It's re- it's pretty long too, over two hours and or two and a half hours, and um, doesn't really get bogged down too much. You know, I mean, I think the the idea here is there's a lot going on you know, in the plot of this movie. So mm. it's one of those films that I think kind of justifies its runtime because it's like, 
yeah, you got to get through all this stuff. You know, I don't want less Matt Damon. You know, I don't want less Jack Nicholson or less Leo. I don't even want less Vera Farminga. Ooh la la. Yeah. You know? yeah. Weird scene in X of Mine on, on the big <laughs> screen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want less of anybody. I think everybody is great, you know? Um. So yeah, it's it's just a it's a it's a it's a great time. Um, did you know that uh, Wahlberg? <laughs> that's his like real. That's his real a- accent. <laughs> oh really? Oh that's yeah. That's him. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um. It was uh. It was very easy apparently for him. Uh, Scorsese joked that it was so thick they were gonna need subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Nice. Roasted him. Uh, yeah. Leo called his one-on-one scene with Jack Nicholson one of the most memorable moments of his life. It's pretty cool. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, originally, Jack Nicholson's role was supposed to go to Al Pacino, who he had want to work with, or who he wanted to work Pacino's with. Pacino's in time. The Irishman, right? He is. That's finally Scorsese got to work with Pacino. Nice. Finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Nicholson's like one of my favorites and this is one of my favorite roles of his. Yeah. I mean, how old is his character supposed to be like 70? He doesn't look 70 in this movie, but I wonder he's getting up there. Yeah. Cause this is also pretty close to when, um, you know, anger management came out. Yeah. He's about the same age. Both those man. Two classics. <laughs> Two absolute <laughs> classics. Um, Nicholson refused to wear a Boston Red Sox hat during filming and instead wore <laughs> his New York Yankees hat. <laughs> nice. That's just some, Man, that rocks. Yeah, if I was good. at that level, I would be doing pulling stuff like that all the time. Oh. You know? It's like, you want me? I'm not wearing I'm wearing my own hat. Yeah. This is the. I don't care if it's uh, <laughs> if it, if this is a 1950s period piece. I'm wearing my ear, my earbuds. Oh yeah. Oh Whole yeah. Whole movie. Whole movie. Can you imagine watching Age of Innocence and Daniel Day Lewis just has <laughs> his eye? He's got an iPod shuffle. iPod shuffle. <laughs> uh, this is the most commercially successful of all Scorsese's movies, right here. Uh, and it's produced by Brad Pitt. So <laughs> there you go. I wonder how that works. Like Pitt was producing. You would think that Pitt would be in the movie in some way. He has produced a bunch of movies that he hasn't um, hmm. been in. Yeah, he has a production company. Uh, Man, that's what it's all. That's what I want to do. I want to be like just a name on the screen. He's raking in the dough, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Makes sense to me. So what's going on with the writing credits? Because it looks like there is... Monaghan. Three different people. There's like a 2002 screenplay, and then there's another screenplay by this Monaghan character. Well, it this is a... So Internal Affairs is a... Uh, is a chi- Chinese film. Oh, I is, see. So it's based remake. on internal affairs. Gotcha. It's a it's a remake, but 
Scorsese like never saw the original intentionally. I like that. Yeah, he wanted to probably. Make we it should. Do, they fun. should do that with sequels too. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or uh, or or films based based on books. Do you know how mad people would be if you made like a Lord of the Rings movie, but didn't read the book? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty good. And you said it in like nineteen nineties Boston. <laughs> yeah. It's like Frodo is just getting the like you know he's just Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Frodo's at he works at a Dunkin' Donuts. Uh let's see here. The Ba, 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 ba. Nicholson wanted to f- the film to have something a little more than the usual gangster film, and Monaghan came up with the idea of being the Costello character on Irish-American gangster Whitey Bulger, based on uh, Whitey Bulger. Mm. Isn't, uh, well, The Irishman's based on Whitey Bulger, isn't it? Or I'm thinking, am I thinking of another guy? Uh... Uh, the, yeah, no. Uh, Whitey Bulger is uh, the the Black Mass, the Johnny Depp. Oh, film. Black Mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, no. Johnny Depp looked weird in that movie, although I yeah. guess he was supposed to look like Whitey guy, Bulger. Right. Yeah. yeah, Irishman is the, the the mysterious death and disappearance of the, the uh, Union guy. Ah, uh. Uh, yeah. Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa. We saw, we watched a whole movie about Jimmy Hoffa with Jack right. Nicholson. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Boo. Roughly half of the ninety million dollar budget went to pay the actor's salaries. You know, I would Hell not yeah. be. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised by that either. Although that that is such a weird thing about filmmaking, like. These guys cost so much money, <laughs> and then, and then like, the other half is like special effects and the, all the rest of the crew, and you know, pretty pretty nuts. I think all actors should be paid minimum wage. Yeah, that's I a think hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should be paid less than minimum wage. Right? Yeah, they should have. But they to, should get tips. <laughs> By the people who watch the movies, mm-hmm. it, like they hand out a tip jar, a tip bucket. Yeah, and you can throw in like uh, coins and dollars in yeah. there. Like here's a dollar twenty five for, uh, you know, Brad Pitt. Right. And then uh, they, the movie theaters, personally mail all that money to each actor. Or better yet, the actors have to drive down there to go get it. <laughs> You know what annoys me is like I saw someone uh it's funny how like everything that annoys me starts with I saw on Twitter. Uh-huh. But I saw on Twitter the uh there was some actor who was on a TV show and posted a picture of a residual check that was for like $12 or something. Right. For like a TV show they were on. They were they were kind of joking like, "Oh, I'm rolling in the dough from yeah. the show I was on years ago." And I'm like Shut up. You're like still making money from something you did years ago. It's like totally passive income, something that no like most people don't have in their lives. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it's it's 
I I mean it's annoying. It it but I I the whole thing is set up super weird too. Like we just we 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 simply worship these people in, in our society. I don't need to get on a huge tangent about that. But you know what I'm saying? Like we we pay them like they're kings <laughs> and queens. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like, so, they, like I, I think this is what they do is very cool and very hard and very fun. Like, good acting is awesome, and the better you are at it, you know, I guess it makes sense. Maybe the more money you can make at it, but it there there should be like a limit to all of this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you know. Funnel that so give some of that money over to podcasters, right? Because yeah. we're the ones. None of our listeners would be watching these Martin Scorsese movies no. if it wasn't for us talking about them. That's right. Yeah. What? It, po- me and you really are the ones putting in the work. We do it every week. We're not like, you know, Vera Farminga <laughs> over there just raking in twelve dollars every couple months for Departed. No, we we no. we have a Patreon that we have put our blood, sweat, and tears into. Yeah, that's where we rake in twelve dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, patreoncom slash Eric and Jeremy. That's right. Uh, let's get into the plot here because there's a lot of stuff. Going okay. On. Okay. The uh, year is 1986. We're in South Boston. Colin Sullivan is introduced to Irish mob boss Frank Costello. Uh, 20 years later, Sullivan has been groomed as a spy inside the Massachusetts State Police uh, and joins the Special Investigations Unit led by Captain Ellerby, another recruit state trooper Billy Costigan Jr. is approached by Captain Queenan and Staff Sergeant Dignam to go undercover and infiltrate Costello's crew. They believe uh, Costigan's deceased uncle's uh, reputation as a prominent mobster will give him credibility with Costello. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. I, I will admit, when I first saw this in theaters, I did not know what was going on in the movie at all. <laughs> the, almost the whole time. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I remember being confused as well. Yeah, like I, I, I generally got the gist of it. I think that it was confusing from the jump, like who was what and who did was doing what. Like, I think I thought Leo DiCaprio was new Frank from birth too, or something. I don't know, but I, I remember getting lost and I remember it not really mattering because the scenes were so cool. And like, you generally get some stuff about the plot without having to get like all of the backstory. It's interesting to me that uh, Matt plays Matt Damon plays the Colin character and Leo plays the Billy character because I could almost like if I was just reading this the script or like heard the, what the story is, I would almost picture like Leo being, you know, the guy infiltrating the police versus Matt Damon because Matt Damon just has such a like. He just looks like a good person, you know? He's like, like, Leo can, I feel like, can tap into, like, an evil side more so than Matt Damon. 
Yeah, I I think that was the that was their exact thought when they reversed it. Yeah, was like right. was like oh this it'd make more sense for Leo to be all like roughed up, you know, a rough kind of c- customer, and then Matt so straight laced, you know, he has to be the cop for most of it, even though in fact the opposite is true internally. Right. Uh, Matt Damon is a real cop too. Did you know that? I believe it. <laughs> they set up a cover. Uh, he serves time in jail on phony charges and eventually joins Costello's crew. Uh, Ellerby informs special investigations that only Queenan and Dignam will know their undercover's names and that Costello's crew has stolen computer microprocessors to sell to a Hong Kong triad. Yeah, the micro microprocessor stuff, I do not understand. I think it's weird. It's it, Well, first of all, this is a homage, maybe it's the wrong word. This is definitely a nod to the Hong Kong film that the movie's based mm. on. But I think it's just objective, something objective. Like, not drugs, right? Like, and this may even have something to do with, like, uh, our business partnerships with China in real life. <laughs> like, like it's, it's like Costello, I mean, so stay with me on this. Costello is stealing um, computer, he has computer microprocessors that he's selling to a Hong Kong triad. If it was drugs, that would mean that Hong Kong is being sold drugs to sell to people. So they're probably like, hmm, probably not that, because that will make China very happy. You know, mm-hmm. there's a thing about in filmmaking, you have to kind of be nice to China. Oh, that's like a that's like a real thing. Yeah, like remember Scorsese wasn't. Uh, so nice to China oh, in his Kundu? one film. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. cost him greatly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why you never hear of the movie Kundun. <laughs> right. It's true. It's because Disney has disavowed it. Um, anyway, so this is like as kind of safe as you could get, maybe. Like, imagine if he was selling them, oh, I don't know, like women and children like that would be like a horrifying concept so it's some it's a micro to me microprocessors is just something objective i thought a lot about this though <laughs> i mean <laughs> just <laughs> for no for no reason i just sat there i thought a lot about the microprocessors because you're just right like, it doesn't yeah, sweat. <laughs> yeah i'm waking jackie up in the middle of the night asking her about <laughs> it it's it's uh it it also doesn't mean anything like my who care like i don't even know what a microprocessor does I'm assuming it's like a processor, but smaller. But that's all that I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, due to being undercover, Costigan's emotional state declines, but Queenan and Dignam uh, plead with him to keep his cover. Yeah, so Leo's like, uh, well, he gets his hand all messed up at this point, I believe. Mm. He's, uh, you know, gets hooked on... Uh, Oxys, I believe. And he got them from the psychiatrist, is that right? 
Well, no, then he goes to, uh, so let's get into this. So Sullivan begins a romance with police psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Madeline Madden, mm-hmm. who Costigan sees professionally as part of his probation. So he he's like forced to see her, but when he goes to see her, he asks for, I remember what, it wasn't like, he asked for Valium, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. which is like a, what even is Valium? I don't know. Oh, I don't know, painkiller. And, uh, yeah, by the way, not a very good, uh, this is very unprofessional of this, uh, psychiatrist, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. Because he's, like, joking around about, like, how he's gonna kill himself with the pills, and Mm -hmm. she gives him a prescription anyway. Yeah, I don't know. See, I don't know, like, I I imagine being a cop in Boston's uh like appointed psychologist <laughs> is probably the absolute worst job you could ever have it sounds bad so it's like yeah it, what you're kind of damned if you do, if you don't give them the pills well they're in so much pain right and like mental anguish and if you do they might kill themselves on it i don't know it seems like it seems like a cursed job Something I also was thinking a lot about, like, geez, like this woman, she's also dating a cop. She's not making a lot of great choices, but it's like you're you're kind of screwed no matter what if you were in her position. Yeah. Um, I also would, would think like, yeah, this is and, and this whole thing confused me a little bit too. That like Sullivan, I remember not understanding that Sullivan and um. And, uh, uh, whatever his name is, uh, not, not Costigan. I, I remember, I remember thinking like, like, uh, Matt Damon and Leo, I remember not understanding that they didn't know each other. I thought they knew each other, but no, the whole point of the movie is that they don't know each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the MSP prepares to catch Costello selling the microprocessors, but the deal takes place off camera, allowing everyone to escape. Costello realizes there is an undercover cop in his crew and tasks Sullivan to uncover his identity. Sullivan asks for information to cross-reference his crew members in the MSP database. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Costigan learns that Costello is a protected FBI informant, and Costello accuses Costigan of being the undercover, which he denies. Uh, Costigan shares his discovery with Queenan and warns that uh, Costello is aware of a cop and his crew and tells Dignum that there is another spy in the MSP. Other than Queenan and Dignum, Costigan's only contact in the MSP is Madeline Madden, Sullivan's girlfriend. So, Man. so this is crazy. So explain this to me. Costello himself uh-huh. is an FBI informant. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but he's... He's the big bad guy. Yeah. I haven't considered this part of the uh, plot. The, because, I, I mean, the, the whole... I mean, The Departed is a movie about the plot the snake head eating itself of the plot, right? right? It's about like 
who's the rat? How many rats are there? Everyone's a rat, turns out, kind of. Mm-hmm. So Costigan shares his discovery with Queenan and warns that Costello's aware there's a cop in his crew and tells Dignan and tells Dignan there's another spy in the MSP uh, who is Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Right. Lawrence Costello is a protected... <laughs> I can't re- Why am I, like, blanking? I can't... I, either this, like, is information that I d- missed or I... Uh, just like didn't think about it but yeah i think it's like because they're not the msp is not the fbi uh so they're like oh they're like not working together and and i i believe that this happens in real life because i know how hard it is for just to for like because like in my line of work you know we work with partners i know how hard it is to get everyone keep everyone on the same page with who's doing what on such a small scale if i had like multiple rats in different organizations you know what i mean it it would be hard to to make sure all the right people knew that so here you have one organization going after somebody who is potentially an fbi informant Mm. still a bad guy Still, still, but plays the informant for the FBI. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Costigan learns that Costello is a protected... We did Wait, that one. Yeah. We just did that. Costigan uh, follows Costello into a theater and witnesses him giving Sullivan an envelope. Uh, Queenan instructs Costigan to get a visual idea of Sullivan before making the arrest, but Costigan is unable to get a good look at Sullivan's face, when Sullivan realizes that he is being followed, he attempts to hide and stab Costigan as he walks by, but mistakenly kills a restaurant worker and flees the scene. Yeah. This is a great scene. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. The uh, the porno theater and then right. the ensuing chase. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's really good. Uh, Sullivan then tries to cross-reference Costigan's picture, Captured by nearby security footage against police officer databases, but cannot recognize him. Uh, Queenan advises Sullivan to follow Costello to find his spy. Uh, Costigan calls Queenan and sets up a meeting, but Sullivan has Queenan uh, tailed by another officer by lying to the officer and saying that Queenan may be the spy. Uh, Sullivan uses the tales inform information to, uh, on their local location to call in Costello's gang. When Costello's men arrive, Queenan helps Costigan escape before confronting them and being thrown from one of the building's windows to his death on the street below. Yeah, that is a crazy looking scene. Yeah, he, gruesome. He, gruesome when he gets tossed out the window. Martin Sheen. What is... Do you know what, like, Martin Sheen, uh, I can't picture, like, young Martin Sheen. Like, is there a, an old movie or something that I should know about that Martin was, like, Martin Sheen's big thing? Not that I can remember. I'm looking it up right now. Mart, Martin Sheen was in... Because I only know move of movies that he's been in when he was like old. 
Right. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Badlands, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, there you go. Um, The Dead Zone. Yeah, there you go. Wall Street. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Pew, 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 pew. Angered by Queenan's murder, Dignam attacks Sullivan and resigns. Sullivan also learns that Costello is an FBI informant and decides to help the MSP catch him. Uh, Costigan begins an affair with Madeline, and with his help, Costello is tailed to a cocaine drop-off where a gunfight erupts, uh, killing most of Costello's crew, including French. Uh, Sullivan confronts Costello, who admits to being an FBI informant, and Sullivan fatally shoots Costello. I think the affair starts earlier than this, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it. it's it's pretty quick um, from my memory. I also, yeah. And there's a lot of good stuff with that as well, you know. Pretty. Yeah, it's funny because like everyone's bad in that yeah. triangle, love <laughs> yeah. triangle. Like nobody's good. Right. Um, when Costigan goes to Sullivan to reveal his undercover status, he notices the envelope Costello used to collect the gang's personal information in order to discover the undercover on Sullivan's desk and realizes Sullivan is Costello's spy. Uh, Sullivan then erases Costigan's records from police computers. Uh, Costigan hands Madeline, who has moved in with Sullivan, an envelope and instructions and instructs her to open it if something happens to him. Later, she reveals that she is pregnant to Sullivan, uh, then opens a different letter containing tapes Costello made of himself with Sullivan, listens to them, and leaves Sullivan. This so she scene knows. is great too. Yeah, she oh knows. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you, you you know what when you're uh, you just moved in with someone and you're hearing a tape about them where they literally say like, you know how good I am at lying. Uh huh. Yeah. You're I'm not the, gonna be happy. I'm the best liar who ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Remember five years in a row, world's greatest liar contest. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's also some like uh, scene, little moments, um, like when uh, Matt Damon, where so so Matt Damon's like in the bathroom while she does this, and we know that he's taking a shower, but we just get like three seconds of like shower curtain closing really quickly, and then like turning on the fa- like the water, and then the shower water coming out. Mm-hmm. I feel like we get a couple, like a bunch of those throughout this movie. I don't know what that's called. Like uh, like the quick cuts almost? Yeah, the yeah. quick cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's like stylized. Uh, Costigan arranges to meet Sullivan on a rooftop where Queen and died, then attempts to arrest him. Costigan tells Trooper Brown, a friend from the Academy, to substantiate his identity. But Brown pulls a gun on Costigan when he arrives, unsure who is telling the truth. Costigan says he has evidence trying tying Sullivan to Costello. And Brown lets him go down the elevator. Upon reaching the lobby, uh, nothing weird happens at all <laughs> when the movie ends. This is huge, right? Like, this moment, I, 
in my memory is like pretty big, pretty big deal in like movie. Oh yeah. Big movie moment here of just like he gets costing gets, gets shot in the head and it scares the living crap out of me <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty abrupt. Uh, him and Brown brutal. are killed yeah. by trooper bear Berrigan who reveals himself to be another spy working for Costello before being shot dead by Sullivan. Right. Uh, when Sullivan arrives home after attending Costigan's funeral, Dignum, who Mad- Madeline had shown the incriminating tapes, is waiting and shoots Sullivan in the head, killing him and uh, avenging both Queenan and Costigan's deaths. Mm. Uh, a rat crawls across Sullivan's balcony and disappears. Boom. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse. <laughs> I think we get that uh, gimme shelter, right? Isn't gimme shelter in this movie? It's the, in the, the beginning, yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's the opening song. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. So what do you think? Like a one out of four? Yeah, 1.5? probably a one out of four. I mean, I here's my, I mean, well, yeah. Are we going to get into it? Because I know you want to talk it. about the ending a little bit. What's your take on this? Just that it's cool, or I mean, yeah, I just think it's cool. Okay. I love an I, I ending know if you where had, like, like everyone dies. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know if I have like a theory. More so, it's just uh... right. No, right on. I get you. It, yeah, it's just you know, it's just it's, ba- uh, it's badass. Like, all of these people in all of these situations are like. You know they're riding they're riding the line of danger. You know right. they're they're uh, they're they're looking in the face of of danger the whole movie, and then there's they like, all die. It's great. I love it when there's. I like it too because I can tell that people some people are probably mad about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like I love that there's not a. Uh, this is not a movie where there's a protagonist really. Right. No, and nobody's really like even. Like Leo is the closest to to a tragic figure in this, you know. But even he's like had done some shady, dirty dealings to get where he was, and it, it's sort of about how the whole system is corrupt from top to bottom, and not just corrupt in morally, cor- cor- literally corrupted in that there is invaders, like there there are spies among them. Mm-hmm. Um, nightmare scenario. I and I love that it's uh, Dignan. Dignum, who is the final <laughs> Grim Reaper of the movie, you know, because you kind of forget about him by this yeah. time. Like they they go just long enough in the film for you to kind of forget Dignum is even a player in all this stuff, um, and that he probably has feelings about Queenan's death. You know, sure. Um, yeah, it is some good. It's some really good stuff there, you know. Uh, yeah, so my, my thing about The Departed is I, I just, I, I have no notes for it. It's just, it rocks. It is just good. It's like a good time, you know. Um, I, I It's weird, and maybe it's just a personal preference thing, but it, as fun as the movie is, and I, and I love how fun it is, it, it to me, I'm going to give this movie a 3.75. So almost a perfect right. score because I just I, I, I like I, I just don't think it's like a perfect movie. 
and I don't know how I would distinguish that like between this and Goodfellas like why is it different it's just I don't know there's just I think to me this 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 film has like a pulp quality to it that though very very fun it doesn't really uh, can't quite reach the heights of something like a raging bull or something Mm. but needless to say 3.75 that's almost a perfect score i mean this movie's to me almost almost perfect and the thing is about the departed i can kind of turn it on anytime and be happy like i'm not gonna just for no reason turn on raging bull you know what i mean i gotta get i gotta talk to my therapist first i gotta get like a bottle of wine i gotta you know you know make sure like uh my secretary's holding all of my messages you know i gotta get i gotta i gotta lay the scene but the departed i can just throw that on anytime i'm i i and i'm more likely to turn on the departed than even some of scorsese's finer finer works but yeah so i'm giving it a 3.75 eric how do you feel about the departed well jeremy you know what i always say poe buddy's nerficked uh-huh. <laughs> but in this case, I think The Departed. You know what? I don't think that. De- I don't know. It's interesting. I was about to say I think The Departed's perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're right. I think you're right. There is maybe like something missing, but because I don't know what it is, <laughs> I'm going to have to give one of my classic four out of fours. Yeah. I get it. I get that. And I and I and who can begrudge you for giving The Departed a four out of four? It's, it's a great movie. Great movie. Uh, speaking of great movies, the next Adam Sandler movie <laughs> we are covering. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a right. great Oh, question. you know what we're doing is uh, we're going to cover Hustle, right? Oh, yeah, Hustle. I'm actually psyched to see that. So that's, that's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to cover Let's, Hustle. And then do we get to Wolf of Wall Street after that? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Right. It is Wolf we'll of Wall Street and... And then the following week, we'll be doing Bedtime Stories, uh, which is the Adam Sandler uh, Disney uh, film. Oh, I've never even heard about that. Yes. Uh, I got to look this up. Yeah. I don't remember this movie at all, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It doesn't look like... Is that we're going to enjoy it very much, <laughs> but uh, that's because it is for kids, so. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Well, good times. Uh, visit patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy for all that, you know, bonus content need. The, the Coen Brothers uh, series is going on over there right now, and, uh, you know, got a whole bunch of stuff over there. It's good. It's a good time. Uh, Thanks for listening, and Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm